Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. So today what we want to do is kind of lean into this space. And we're going to ask you, I can see, I know we've, we've, we've been in worship for a little bit. And I can see you guys anxious to get to your afternoons. But I'm going to ask you to take just a moment and really align your heart. Because I believe the Holy Spirit has a work that he wants to do in us today. A word that he wants to speak to you. So I'm asking you to, you might need to straighten up in your seat a little bit. You need somebody to elbow you a little bit. But there's a word that God wants to speak to us today about this place of remembrance. And why it is so important for us to to not only just do our lives, but to pause and remember all that God has done. In fact... And we're going to get into some scriptures here in a second. But God tells us over and over and over and over and over and over again in scripture, remember, remember, remember. And I think he might have to say that because apparently we don't remember very well. And I thought that was an age thing. I don't think it is at all. I think it's a human condition. We just forget really quickly specifically the good things that God's done in our lives. So we want to take just a few minutes here, and Jason's going to just kind of lead us into the space of, of what Scripture teaches us about this place of remembrance and why it's so... And I think it's so applicable that we're here celebrating Memorial Day that is a remembering moment, but that God is a, drawing us as a church family into this place of remembrance as well. So Jason... Take us a little bit into this so that we can kind of get our hearts aligned with what Scripture says. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm going through Deuteronomy and, and actually living in Deuteronomy for a while, and it's really interesting to see how many times the key of remembrance was there. And in fact, if you actually look at the conquest of the promised land, you could actually say that the key to either victory or not was in remembrance. Like, if you look at anything that happened in the promised land, it was all centered around, did they remember and obey what God had said or not? And then they had adopted other things that they were following and other things of the world and the people that were around them. And so that's really becomes very the, the, the key, the very important part of the Israelites as they took over the land. Just to give you just a specific example, in just Deuteronomy 4, just chapter 4, there are six different times when the words do not forget, be careful to not forget, and to remember are used. More than, more than any kind of like, go and do this and go and do that, it's remember what I've done. Remember the God who went before you. Do not forget, and do not forget to tell your kids, right? And so there's this idea around it that any time we go to war, any time that we are going to take land, any time that we are going to move forward in the, into what God has, we have to continually look back. And, and we've said it a lot through this whole series, but I think the challenge today is to really take some time in your life to say, do I actually, on a, on a family level, on a personal level, on a spiritual level in my life, do I actually have a way of going back and cataloging the things that God has done? And do I actually stop and go back and remember them on a regular basis? We, we, our family has been a lot better at this in some seasons than others. 
One of the things that we did for a while is we put uh, three by five cards on our dinner table. I've talked about this before that just have short stories of things that God has done in our life. And they're there so that when we sit down at dinner, we can read one of them or we can read two of them and just use it as a vehicle to be able to stop what we're doing and to look back on what he's done. And can I tell you this, that every time we do that, our faith is stirred. Our faith is stirred because we look and we say, God's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. So why would he stop being faithful in the future? We look back and we're like, well, is God going to speak? Well, he's always spoke before. Is, is God going to provide? He's always provided before. And so those moments of looking back are huge, huge moments in order to set us up for what's coming. And if we don't, I'm going to tell you that it is so easy for us to get our eyes off of God, focused on ourselves, and trying to make things happen on our own that we forget that it's actually God who's the champion and we just happy to be following him into what he's called us to do. Man, I love what you just said there uh, as you kind of drew, drew us into this place that the reminder for each one of our lives, and I'm, I'm trying to look at as many of you as I can in the face, the reminder for you in your life that the victory for your life resides in this place of remembrance and obedience to God. So no matter what you're facing in this journey, and how many of you know you're going to face some stuff, (laughs) that the place of victory in your life, because we already know that Jesus did all the work on the cross, right? So that's, that's never the issue. We already know that our God has all the power. The problem is we just forget that a lot. And we get wrapped up in our day-to-day rhythms of life and our things and our efforts and all these things. And, and this place of remembrance that God brought to the children of Israel and really brings to us today is the spot of slowing down and going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. God is who has done all of those things in our life. And do you know where that battle takes place? Right here. It's in our thought life. And we actually see a lot about this in the New Testament. The Old Testament challenges them, hey, don't forget, remember, don't forget, remember. In the New Testament, it tells us, listen, our battle is right between your ears, people. It's not against flesh and blood and all the things that we see around us. There's, there's thoughts that get us in some funky spaces in life, and there's some strongholds that the enemy wants to build into your thought life to get you to not remember what God has done in your life. In fact, 2 Corinthians 10, I love this passage of Scripture, says it this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, you are a fleshly person. You have flesh and blood. You're breathing air right now. We are not waging war according to the flesh. What does that mean? That means that we are not fighting battles with our fists and swords and guns. That is not the place as the kingdom of God, as the people of God, that we are making war, but there's an insinuation here that war is happening. We're just not doing it according to our flesh. How many of you are thankful for that? Amen. Amen. goes on to say, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divine power to destroy strongholds. And I want to give you the context for this. What it's talking about is things that are formed in our minds, patterns, ways of thinking. If you go back earlier in chapter 10, it's talking about our thought processes, that that is where the battle is taking place in our lives. And verse 5 goes on to say, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Let me help you this morning. 
The battles that you face in your life will never be flesh and blood. Sometimes they feel that way. Sometimes they feel like it's our neighbor or our spouse or our children or somebody that we're doing life together with in the kingdom of God. But the Bible clearly teaches us that is not where our warfare is. So therefore, we can't wage war that way. We have to engage with what God is doing in the kingdom of God. And we've got to learn how to get this thing right here aligned with what God is doing. And how do we do that? We remember him. We remember his goodness. We remember, I can tell you over and over and over again in my life, the times that I've gotten my biggest trouble, the times where I've found myself in the worst places of my life is because of this thing right here. I believed or bought into lies, which are strongholds that the enemy tries to produce in your life. And God comes to show us that we have the ability to destroy these strongholds. This was actually a word picture that Paul was giving here to the early church because they understood what a stronghold was in their cities. It was the fortified place that city leaders and the people would go to when they came under attack. It was fortified. And what you've got to understand is there's some some lies in our minds. There's some things that we believe about ourselves, about God, about the kingdom of God that are strongholds in our minds that don't allow us to enter into the victory that God has for us. And so our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is literally against the things that we think and learning how to bring them, as Scripture teaches us here, into submission to the truth of God's word rather than allowing our circumstances or the lies of the enemy to maintain their stronghold in our hearts and minds. Can I tell you, this is the work that God's been doing in us since the beginning of the year. For most of us, this is a, a work that God's been doing us since he invited us into relationship with him and we said, yes, there's strongholds that are being torn down in our minds. And again, the battle is in our mind. Thus, the reason God invited us into this place of remembrance. Well, and it's, uh, that's why I think neuroscience is so important, right? Your mind automatically thinks a certain way, and, you, and it leads your heart in a certain way, too, because you automatically go down these paths. Well, you have to retrain yourself in that. Well, that, that sounds simple, but, like, how does that actually happen? It's really cool looking at uh, the Israelites and how many feasts God actually had them partake of. If you've actually studied, it's a cool study to go through all of the different feasts that he had them do. Well, why did he have them do that? Well, it's because on their own, their brain was not naturally conditioned to remember what God had done. And so what God is, he said, I'm going to have you do some feasts that have some very specific things to them. And every time you do these, you do them to remember what I've done. You do the Feast of the Harvest so that you understand that all the crops come from me. You do Passover to understand that I was the one that covered your sin. I was the one that looked over the door. He, he, he says, look, I want all the, the festival of the season, like all of these different things he did because he knew that without it, our brain would just follow the easy path. And I hate to say this, but our mind doesn't follow the good path automatically. I think you probably agree with that, right? Our mind does not, the easy thought is not the good thought. The easy thought is not the one that brings us back to God. 
It's, oh man, how am I going to pay the bills? Or, oh my goodness, what am I going to do next? Where, where, where's God? And, and what God's saying is here, I want to give you some tools. This is why rhythm in our life is so important. We've talked about this before, and this could be a whole message on itself. But this is why rhythm of getting into the word, rhythm of remembrance, rhythm of things. Pastor Tim's going to talk about it a little bit here. Rhythm of communion, right? It's all remembrance. Why? God has given us these things not so that we just do them to do them because that's what you're supposed to do. They're vehicles that God's given us to be able to retrain our minds and our hearts to continually look to God. You know, parents and grandparents, I just want to put a charge on you today. When God was speaking these words to the children of Israel, he was speaking to the moms and the dads and the leaders. And he spoke to them and said, hey, remember these things. And then he followed it up with, and teach them to your children. Now, parents, this is not a morning for you to feel condemned. This is a morning for you to go, wait a minute. That's something I need to be doing in my life. Not, Not just because, like, the pastors tell us that this is the right thing to do, but, man, because my kids need to know the goodness of God in their life. Can I tell you, your kids get plenty of reports of bad things. Their lives are inundated with every other kind of information coming to them. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, we have the unique space in our kids' lives to look at them and to tell them how God has been faithful to us. To give them moments of remembrance. I love Jason's analogy of all the feasts because, man, the children of Israel knew how to party. They just did. They got together and partied on all kinds of things on the instruction of God. The Feast of Tents, the Feast of Tabernacle. I mean, they had the Feast of Everything, right? And God did this in such a beautiful way in their hearts and minds. And in those moments was when parents got an opportunity to say, hey, the kids are like, wow, what is this Feast of of Tabernacles thing, mom and dad? And they got to tell them about what God had done for them. It's it's really cool. Every Every time they got together... It's, it's cool. Uh, some of you have probably seen The Chosen. Some haven't. But the principle in there mm. is every time they got together for one of these feasts, they told the story from the beginning of time all the way through the present. Like, when's the last time we sat down with our kids and told them the story of history from creation on through? Yeah, come on. Probably not for a while. But they did it every time. Why? Because yeah. they wanted to tell the story of God and everything he'd done. And, and, and we have some... If this is not a rhythm of your life, and I'm just going to tell you, this is not a natural rhythm for my family, to be very clear. Like, this is something where, as families, we have to to choose some new things in our life that gives us opportunity to brag on God to our kids. For them to experience God in such a way that he's not just kind of out there somewhere or or in children's ministries. But no, 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 he's a God that has been real to our family that he's impacted my parents, that he rescued them from something. Like those stories that we get to tell our kids are the stories that anchor them for their journey of faith. And I, I love Deuteronomy 4, 9 says, uh, or I'm sorry, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 8 says, Be careful to obey all the commandments I give you today. 
Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to your ancestors. This is the promise of God, not only to the children of Israel, but this is the word of the Lord over your life. There's things that he's promised you. There's things that he's given you in his word. There's declarations for you to live in. And it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness from these 40 years, humbling you. Anybody ever experienced the humbling of God in their life? Wow. Okay. Just us folks right here. That's awesome. That's good. And testing you to prove your character to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. These are the things where we get to come to our families, to our kids. And I just want to grow it out a little bit in your life. And when you gather together to have barbecues, hang out, spend time with each other, tell the stories of God to each other. Jason's family and mine get together at least every other week. And we spend time just talking about the things that have been happening in our life celebrating the goodness. We actually tell your guys' stories for you because as pastors, we get to hear a lot of the cool things that God's doing in your life. And it builds our faith and relationship with each other. But can I encourage you as you get together and have pizza and hang out with each other and enjoy time together as family and friends, take a few moments to remember the amazing things that God has done in your life. I'm not talking about a sermon, people. I'm just talking about do you know what God did in our life this last week? It was amazing. We didn't have the finances for this, or we, we hadn't connected with this group of people in so long, and God opened the door. And when you tell the stories of what God has done, here's what I want to help you with. It reminds you of his goodness and his faithfulness. And it brings you into a place where our hearts get realigned with the truth of who God is and not the lies of of everything that we feel and sense in the world that we live in today. So this is, this is really where, where God works, right? This is where he wants us to be, and he, this is what he wants us to be focused on. And it, it sounds like a charge, and that's because it is, but more so, and I want you to hear this in your spirits, it's an invitation. It's an invitation. Oh, one more thing I got to do is try to figure out how to weave in telling my kids about Jesus. No, it's an invitation to say, how can I look at my life, steward who I've been given, but maybe it's not kids, maybe it's relationships with neighbors or coworkers, whatever. How do I steward those relationships that I have? And how can I step into the invitation to remember what God's done? You know, it, I, I think you would, you would find that we live in a generation of a lot of people who like to brag about themselves and their accomplishments, right? And that's what we talk about a lot of times when we get together. Even us as Christians, we get together and we talk about the things that we've done. Well, what kind of a shift would it be if we got together and did exactly what Pastor Tim said? We started to brag on God and pull him into the conversation and make him the point of the whole conversation, not us. It's a positional posture that we have, and it's an invitation to say, I'm going to choose to look at this a little bit different. Yeah, that's so good. And can I tell you, like, you have lots of opportunities for this in your life. I just want to put a, just a shameless plug in here. We're going to gather together every Friday night throughout the summer, except for like one or two Friday nights. And we're going to just enjoy food. We're going to enjoy fellowship. We're going to play games. We're going to watch our kids run around and have a blast together. And, and we're going to have moments in that time to be able to say, hey, did you, do you know what God did in my life this week? To just... Be the body of Christ together in fellowship and love and encourage. First ones at our house this Friday night. You're all welcome. Come, come enjoy. 
just being together. We're going to have food and fun. And, and I just want to encourage you that we have really cool opportunities for this. And, and, and here's, here's the word. Uh, you, the, the theme is fried chicken. So bring anything that goes with fried chicken. Which just about anything goes with fried chicken. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Come on now. Um, you know what the cool thing about this is? And, and, and I could feel the, the weightiness of this in the room. And I, Jason just spoke to it like, man, just another thing that I've... Another thing I haven't done as a parent or another thing I hasn't... No, 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 slow down. That, that's not the voice of God in your life. God doesn't condemn you. Come on, he gives you opportunity for something new and beautiful and wonderful. It's not too late, grandparents. It's not too late, parents. And here's, here's what I want to encourage you in because this, this isn't even on you. Some of you are like, well, wait a minute. You just told us... To make some time. Yes, I did. But, but here's something I, I want to share with you. God gave you an incredible gift and partner in this process and journey in your life. In fact, Jesus didn't even leave it up to your, your memory. He didn't leave it up to your goodness. He didn't, he didn't leave it up to your strategy or plan. You know, we, we need to have all of those things in our life. But, but let me read to you a scripture that's going to help you and give you some faith for this, this thing in your life. Here's what it says in John 14, 26. It says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you. remind you of everything that I have told you. How many of you know that in your life and in this dispensation of the church. I know that's a really cool word. I just said it because it makes me feel smarter. In this time and season that we live in of the church and the Holy Spirit, that God put his Holy Spirit in you and invites you into relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can teach you. I mean, you know, we all need a little teaching every once in a while and remind you all of the wonderful things that God has done in your life, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is whispering to you constantly, hey, do you remember when God did this in your life? Hey, do you remember when God did this? Hey, do you remember when, when God saved you out of this moment? Do you remember? This is the work of the Holy Spirit in us and why we need the Holy Spirit. Yes, to empower us to be witnesses, and, and that is the primary role. But the Holy Spirit's work in your life also is to just remind you of how awesome God is and all the cool things that He's done in your life. And when you take moments of just fellowship with God, when you take moments of driving down the road and just saying, God, thank you so much for all that you've done, the Holy Spirit will quicken you a moment and say, yeah, this, do, you, do you remember a year ago where you were? Do you remember 10 years ago where you were? Do you remember? And the Holy Spirit bring, brings back to our hearts all the wonderful things that God has done for you. And so I just want to take a little weight off of your shoulders this morning. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And He wants you to remember so that not you can just have a good feel-good moment, but so that you can share that moment with the people that are around you in life to remind them of the goodness of God. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that, so, so much of that comes from exactly what Trey was leading us into and Pastor Tim this morning of waiting on the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a lost um, skill and ability to actually wait on the Lord 
and to focus our mind in remembrance of all he's done. There, there's no shortcut to it. And, and that's the thing, like waiting on the Lord, remembering him, there's no shortcut where it's like, well, if I just do this, then it gets me to the same conclusion. There, there, there's nothing. It all comes from disciplining our minds and our hearts to say, I'm going to wait before the Lord. I'm going to train myself to remember his goodness. I'm going to train myself to listen to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is not something that is developed overnight, but it's the working of the Holy Spirit that happens through a lifetime of pursuit of him. People, you could talk to people that, that have known God their entire life, and they would tell you that they are learning something and experiencing something new every single day. You talk to a new believer, they will tell you the exact same thing. What's the point? The point is, are we making those decisions to wait and hear the Holy Spirit in our lives? Um, and, and this is, the Holy Spirit uses this too. This is to kind of bring it back to the full culmination of what this is all about. Because we've been talking about extending the kingdom. We've been talking about taking new land. We've been talking, so, so what is it all, what does it all do, Right? We come back to the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, and this is what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. I want you to listen to this, and I'm going to insert one little word, and I'm going to change something to tie in with what, what, we're, what we're talking about today. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore, and this is the help of the Holy Spirit does this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. If you're going to teach something, that means what? You have to first know it. You have to have first experienced it for yourself. And so for you, if that's at the place where you're like, I need just to experience the Holy Spirit in my life and his leading and his guiding, start there. And as you do, then you'll be able to teach other people. And then this last line, and be sure of this, or I want to say it this way, remember I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this whole series has drawn us to this place, this moment, this reality that we are a part of the advancing kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has a mission that Jason just read over us. So here's what we're going to do this morning as we get ready to kind of put put the seal on all that God is speaking to us and reminding us of. We are in an amazing journey together as a church family, but really as the body of Christ. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.